Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we bring you the debut album, Auditory Pleasure Pods to Satisfy Your Lust for Nihilism, from Swashbuckler. The Winona band is comprised of four members who would describe this album as a reflection of their own personal growth. They want listeners to experience a dimension like never before and immerse themselves in an auditory exploration of pleasure. I'm Riley Harris. Stick around to hear more about Swashbuckler's debut album, Tonight on The Sound.
that was Earwax from Swashbuckler off of their first full-length album called Auditory Pleasure Pods to Satisfy Your Lust for Nihilism. And I'm here today with uh, Swashbuckler. How are you guys doing? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> We're doing good. Doing good. <laughs> so considering this was your debut album, would you be able to talk about what uh, your entire process looked like when you were creating and developing the album? Oh, it was very long. I wrote a lot of the songs, but I couldn't do it without the rest of the guys. Um, we spent a lot of time in a particular house, and uh, we met every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and we jammed it out. I mean, we were having just a lot of fun. I guess uh, any these guys can elaborate. Yeah, yeah we we started. Um, I mean, we the three of us were roommates, and he lived, you know, uh, a few blocks down the street. And we started out kind of just uh, making tunes in one house we started recording in that house and then uh people moved there was a pandemic i lived on a farm for a long time and we we had to (coughs) kind of reconvene recollect ourselves and and eventually we got back to work um and finished it in a few months over the last summer so yeah overall it took almost uh almost two years to get the whole thing done i think we started october of 2019 that sounds about right. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We were, uh, yeah, basically just making it at home. Uh, it was uh, Jack, Louie, and I. Uh, we had a different drummer at the time named George. And uh, a couple of our friends, Dante and Seamus, were helping us to record and mix it. So it was great. We would just come home from you know work at the end of the day and just jam in the living room, run uh, song ideas. Uh, started out by just like demoing, getting good takes, and then we would build off of those and just kind of layer it up and add more detail to to the picture as time went on and yeah then things kind of shut down uh we went into lockdown and nothing happened for like nine months almost uh yeah you left town for a little while and we just kind of did the thing did the the thing that everybody did which was nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean like we were still like you know moving forward in ways i was writing a lot of stuff you were building guitars louis was building guitars um yeah and then over time tyler kind of came into the mix uh became our new drummer over the pandemic and slowly but surely kind of God, going again around December of, like, 21, 20? Of, of 20. Tw- 20, right, of yeah. 20. So do you think, like, the pandemic, like, slowed it down a lot, or would it have taken that long, probably just... It would have taken longer without the pandemic. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just because you had so much, like, downtime? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and I'm also very curious to know how you came up with the name for this album. Uh, it was a you- joke that never went away. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, what's the story behind it? Can you share that? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually have a recording somewhere of when we came up with this. Because <laughs> we would record all of our practices, so we have hundreds of hours of just music, but also uh, a lot of just riffing in, the, in between a lot of funny banter. And I we, I, 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 th- I think we were just, like, coming up with joke titles, and yeah. we started out with... Lust for nihilism. I remember yeah. distinctly, I came up, I was like, what if we called it lust for nihilism? You know, because it's like... I don't know. The whole concept is so absurd. We're like intergalactic space pirates from the seventh dimension. So it's already super absurd, uh, uh, you know, meaningless, but then finding meaning in the meaninglessness. And it's like, 
that's kind of what nihilism is. I, I think like the auditory pleasure pods came because we wanted like something that sounded a little spacey. It, <laughs> it was your idea, Connor. You, I remember you were like auditory pleasure pods to satisfy your lust for nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> Just ran with it ever since. It stuck. Then. Yeah, yeah. It, did st- it did stick. We, there were a few other ones we thought we thought about breeding in the bananas for a while because um, we we were observing fruit flies that had infested some produce in our house. Okay, <laughs> but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't feel. It didn't have the same ring to it. So yeah. we're thinking maybe a live EP or something. Yeah, but. I was gonna say it could be the next one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna hear another song from Auditory Pleasure Pods to satisfy your lust for nihilism. Um, this is Age of Man by Swashbuckler. One, two, one, two.
That was Age of Man from Swashbuckler's debut album, Auditory Pleasure Pods, to satisfy your lust for nihilism. Um, and so what did your writing and recording process look like for this album? Was it different than anything you've done previously? A lot of the songs, um, since I wrote them, I think uh, the last song on the album, I've been writing for probably, um, well, since 2013, so nine years. Um, and a lot of it has been life experiences that I have been writing and just kind of like stuck in there and you know I didn't do anything with because you do other things while you're living and um, you get kind of distracted but you know eventually I bring them to the band and we started making real songs out of them and and in terms of recording them um, we had our structures down Mm -hmm. and we got Connor who's just a huge um, just tone master, so he's always bringing these awesome ideas on how it should sound, how we should structure it. We have Jackson, who's the uh, shepherd of cosmic gravy, so he adds that magical touch with the bass, <laughs> just the <laughs> you know the thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of the process. Is it's a yeah yeah for that first one. You came in with most of them pretty much done right off the bat I think like so so I'm just trying to remember how long were you guys doing it before I joined in because it was you George and Jack first for a little while about three, three or four months three or four months and you had a couple songs at that point I think you had Captain and Liverat yeah a couple of those first, first tracks mm-hmm. off the album um, and then Dark Matter I remember came in a little bit later I remember that was one you had like three riffs or something and every week you'd come in and be like oh I've got like this little extension for this song it would just kind of grow over the course of months mostly what happens is somebody's like i've got an idea and then we all learn the idea and then we'll play it over and over and over again until somebody comes up with a new idea and then we do that on top of it (laughs) and so we'll have i mean like he said we record all of our practices so that we can go back and find the good ideas in there Mm -hmm. and um yeah it it that's kind of how it evolves it's like We'll have this idea. We'll play it over and over and over again until somebody comes up with something new. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes up with something, and then we build on it. Um, and there's a lot of weird garbage that gets <laughs> that does not get made. <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird jams that go nowhere and joke songs that get left out. Um, and even then, there's not, like, one process for everything. Like, a couple of the later songs that we wrote, like Sauerkraut and... Freshen up. You pretty much structured sauerkraut on your own, mm-hmm. and then came came in with that one. You recorded the bass first, and then we did everything else around that. And then freshen up. We was freshen up existed for pretty much like the whole course of this band. You wrote it before Swash, actually, or was that because you wrote that during the Aflatus tour? So you were on tour with your other band, Aflatus. These guys are also in another band called Aflatus. Okay. Basically, swap me out with my friend Spencer, and you have another band completely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much like you had written Freshen Up uh, while you were on tour with Aflatus, and we played it one way for a long time, about a year or so. And we were always kind of like a little sick of it. We were just like, this. there's a good song in this, but the way we were playing it, it was like this really weird, like slow 6-4 thing that you couldn't really like dance to. You could yeah. kind of sway to it. It went on way too long. I think it had like three verses with a solo after everyone and this really loud noise section. It was just kind of, 
not not working. So we improvised a new one and got a new structure in one take. One, yeah, one, one day I came in and I was really into this uh, Billie Eilish song. And I was like, let's make this Which song. One? I'm curious. Uh, it was, um, it wasn't My Future. It was the other single that she released uh, before mm. that album. But anyway, um, I was really into that Billie Eilish song. And I was like, let's make this song sound like that. And so we just did this like, it's really like steady bass line, like, and completely rewrote the song in like one day and recorded it the whole thing in that day. I remember we had like rubber gloves on and we were like doing snaps and claps and snaps and claps. And yeah, it was just, it was really fun uh, to like completely rewrite the song. I guess it kind of leads into my next question, but are there ever any major challenges that come up when you're writing music? No, I think uh, the only challenges are our own personal challenges of that. I think mm. uh, we work pretty tight-knit. That happens when you have to coexist in a spaceship for <laughs> a prolonged amount of time. Um, but yeah, I think we work pretty cohesively. Um, mm. We share Google calendars. Okay, so yeah. I think I think the hardest part um, is just budgeting time. Not necessarily mm. because of playing music, but like working, going to school. Like this guy just bought a house. Like all of these things, like that you have to do or kind of are part of living life, um, make it hard to like spend so long like working on an art, something that's like artistic because it's not necessarily a necessity, but we all want to be doing it. Um, that's kind of why the, you know, why they said like the pandemic actually really sped it up is because a lot of, you know, a lot of us had a lot more time than we normally would have. So you talked about kind of the story behind your album title. Are there any interesting stories behind any of the songs on this album? I think absolutely. Um, <laughs> All of them? <laughs> well, uh, most of them, I think. Some of them are, how do I put this? Like, I think Captain right off the album, you know, that's a, that's a sort of a fantasy tale in a sense, you know. Um, but then some songs, uh, like I, the last song, like I was talking about Zombie, um, I think there's a line in there where I say, um, if you want to save gas, go and burn your car. That was actually, I had bought bought a mandolin, like something six or seven years back, and it, it had a sticker on it that said the same thing. Oh, you I, didn't buy that sticker? Nope, I didn't buy the sticker. I just assumed it you was in the, that. It was in there when it happened. Right. Oh, no it way. It was a homemade sticker someone had put on the case, and I, I was like, I... You gotta sell me the sticker, the sticker with the mandolin, or no deal. <laughs> and anyways, we had taken that on this tour. I'd went on with our other band, Flatus, and um, lucky enough for us, our our car burned down. Uh, <laughs> Exploded the on the side of the road oh, in no. Nebraska. And so that that sticker and that lyric um, really became like truth. Is like, uh, and so you find a little deeper meaning. Um, so that's that's sort of a nice story that's it's woven its way into it. Um, I think the listeners will find a few cool Easter eggs on the album. Um, there's a couple addresses that we've snuck in there mm. and some okay. other. So listen deeply. You yeah. might yeah. find some interesting stuff. Just some references to like the houses that we've recorded in. And I think uh, Tyler's Cat Sahara makes a few appearances. Yes. <laughs> um, five bucks goes to anybody who can find her 
her feature first. Um, we have our friends, uh, Jackson's girlfriend Haley uh, makes an appearance on there as well. There's a lot of just like small little cameos with friends who were around. Uh, when we were making Earwax, there's a big uh, gang vocal section during the chorus, and I just tried to get every single one of our friends that we could to just scream Earwax at the top of their lungs for it, <laughs> <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, this next song is titled Saturn from Auditory Pleasure Pods to satisfy your lust for nihilism.
That was Saturn from Swashbuckler's <laughs> debut album, Auditory Pleasure Pods to Satisfy Your Lust for Nihilism. And getting kind of into like the more recording aspect of the um, album, where did you guys record this? In our house. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so we, uh, for, for a while, Tyler, Jackson, myself, and a few of our friends lived in a place called the, the Leisure Public House. Um, and we recorded it in Dante's bedroom. Pretty much. Uh, he just had a drum set kind of tucked into the corner with a small desk set up. Uh, and we just kind of hashed it all out there. Yeah. So um, we lived we lived upstairs and he lived downstairs. So I remember like one day a week we would all schlep our instruments like down the <laughs> stairs, outside, around the corner, into the other house, like set mm-hmm. it up uh, and, and, you know, try and get takes for a while. And then after we moved, uh, we started working in our own living room. Yeah, from from about October 2019 to like March of 2020, we did it at the LPH and then we moved to a new house that we call Franklin's Tower. Um, And it's got a a really big living room that's got a great live sound in it. Uh, So we just started doing everything there. Um, But that didn't happen right away. It was a few months until Tyler got a bunch of recording equipment thanks to his cousin. Yeah, I inherited it when he moved to Norway because I couldn't go with him. So then that really... Mm -hmm got it going and then that's how I spent a lot of the pandemic and lockdown was just learning how to do that stuff and mm-hmm. then Connor got in on it too so then we started doing it our, ourselves like I'm drumming although I'm Swashbuckler's live drummer I only drum on three of the songs and those were just done at our house mm-hmm. just throughout the times yeah and that was probably the biggest learning curve during the pandemic because uh, everyone was trying to you know be socially mindful and distance themselves and we weren't really sure how to uh, just kind of like budget our time and you know make we, we were trying to just kind of like make the house an environment that people could get together and feel safe because we were it was still at a point where no one was sure like how quickly or easily you could get you know a virus or something like that so we were all a little scared to hang out at first but then once we got that capability of recording at home we could just be like alright sweet we can limit this to just the four of us now Mm-hmm. which I think we were all pretty pretty cool with right off the bat. Yeah, it was an excellent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, DIY experience. You know, mm-hmm. DIY till you die. Yeah. You know, or, or become smarter yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great learning experience. DIY till you die or have money. Or have money. Yeah. Just uh, so that where do you get most of your inspiration from? Outer space. Outer space. <laughs> yes. Good one. Um, Nature. Um mm-hmm expanding our consciousness mm-hmm. um and and by that i mean like just our collective humanity um we're all here together on this planet and um <clears throat> we're all experiencing this thing called life together whether we like it or not and so i think there's a lot of takeaways from that um and you know i'm personally reaching I'm not going to disclose my age. I'm, I'm reaching a certain age. And so let me just say that people begin to feel certain things when they get to certain ages. He's hitting puberty. A certain age that rhymes with 30. <laughs> Louis is 16. <laughs> but as far as like musical stuff yeah, I mean, goes. We all, like, we all listen to a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah. Uh, we draw from a lot of different musical backgrounds. I mean... From like, I think Connor grew up listening to like Kiss. And I, Rush, for for me, everything goes Beatles back to ACDC. 
100% of everything I play is just ripping off Angus Young. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, guys like Rush, like Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all the classics. We and went on a big, um, like, we, we would like make dinner every week, week and listen mm-hmm. to a new uh, Radiohead album. So like that was a huge influence <laughs> while we were making the record too. The Beatles were a big one while we were making it. We did a Beatles marathon too, where we would listen to a different album of theirs every week. Uh, that definitely had a big part of it. Primus also. I think they're kind of like a spiritual influence in a way. I don't know, <laughs> like musically necessarily, but I don't know. They just always seem to kind of hover over the band for some reason or another. We had a streak of like three shows where without asking the the venue, they would just start playing Primus after our set. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember that one show, it was like Tommy the Cat. The next, it was My Name is Mud. It was just like our... I think Jerry was a race car driver was the third one. <laughs> They're closed now, Tyler. But which bar was that? Because I, I remember this. The so Partwell, formerly the North. Oh, yeah. 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 R.I.P. That, that's a vivid memory. Mm. Like, Primus sucks! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, in, we're inspired by a lot of different, mm-hmm. a lot of different musical artists. Sure. So. Uh, well, next up, we're going to hear Freshen Up from Auditory Pleasure Pods to satisfy your lust for nihilism.
that was Freshen Up from Swashbuckler's debut album, Auditory Pleasure Pods to Satisfy Your Lust for Nihilism. Uh, what would you say the future holds for Swashbuckler? Like, do you have any plans for a tour or any more releases? Obviously, you just came out with this album, but... The invasion and conquering of the entire galaxy. <laughs> step two. <laughs> step one album, next step, everything else. The natural progression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a... it's a the Every album comes with a microchip that embeds itself within your ear. Watch out, Elon Musk. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're busy writing a lot of new songs. You want to elaborate? Um, yeah, we've been just demoing a lot of new ideas. Uh, since the record came out, we've kind of shifted gears into just sharing a lot of new ideas with each other. We've been meeting up on a pretty regular basis to just record new stuff and uh, just start uh, building a stockpile of ideas. I think Jackson's contributed like seven songs or so, Louis got two or three thrown in there. I've got like five. Uh, even Tyler's thrown in a, an oh, idea. I, do. I have one. I was waiting for an, and Tyler, and, and Tyler's Tyler. Tyler's a drummer. But but that's the thing about Tyler. Like he he's a, a, a great drummer. Is a thing, Thanks, and man. that the, you mean the, the best drummer? You know, well, like that's the difference. Please, I'm like, but a, a man. <laughs> when, 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 a drum, when a band has a good drummer, they're a good band. But when they have a great drummer, they're a classic band. So we have that upgrade, thanks to you. Thanks, man. and I feel like you hear that. You know, especially once you hit the. the another cool thing about the record, I think, is that the songs are kind of in the order that we recorded them in. That wasn't really intentional, but so like the first half of the record, it's. Georgie drumming on and then you come in around the second half and there's definitely like a different flavor that comes in. <laughs> I feel like it really gets a little more a little more complicated. The grooves get a little bit more tailored to the song. You just have a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, so that's been really cool is just to jam with this guy in the picture now and just see what he's coming up with for all these fresh new ideas because some of them are kind of like a little more straightforward indie rock songs. Uh, some of them are like kind of headbangers and others are very just spacey psychedelic jam vehicles that go off in you know directions that explore like fish or the grateful dead would yeah yeah i mean that's just kind of the direction we went later on was the uh as, as we kind of got better and learned our instruments more i mean i started learning the bass to play in this band because louie and george came up to me and they had said hey would you play bass in our band and i i, I just played the guitar and i was like sure so i bought a bass for 50 dollars on craigslist and started playing um but that was it yeah yeah <laughs> it was 75 dollars, and then i got there and he carried it outside it with a in a pillowcase and he said it was literally the first thing he said he was like I said 75, but you can have it for 50. <laughs> like, he haggled himself down. <laughs> and he was just this, like, big guy with, like, a big white mustache and, like, a long ponytail. I was like, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, Probably listen to the dead. Yeah, Probably. yeah, it's a good guess. But, yeah, I mean, we're hoping to... We're playing a bunch of shows this summer. Midwest Music Fest. Yep. That's coming. Really? Midwest we're playing Music Midwest. Fest. Oh, yeah. Nice. Saturday, 345 at Island City. Come and see us. Uh, buy a walnut and a beer. Put the walnut in your beer. Yeah. <laughs> we're also playing a few shows uh, this summer with our friends from Duluth, uh, the new Salty Dogs. Yep. We're actually going to be at uh, Ed's in June. So keep your eyes out. Fun, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I so mini tours like we we want to play more shows, I think. I mean, we haven't gotten any dates, but we'd mm -hmm. like to and um 
get some good merch, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're working on getting physical copies of the CDs to sell, so we're really trying to trying to do it. Yeah. yeah, also trying to build up a little bit of an infrastructure to kind of support the touring, and yeah, like Jackson just said, trying to build up a little bit of a, a little bit of a merch booth, you know, CDs, posters. He's making some glow-in-the-dark merchandise with some really cool epoxy. Yeah, um, I have a lot of things. Um, I have sort of a separate company, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's sort of a large triangle um, overarching. This not, not pyramid-shaped. Not pyramid-shaped, <laughs> inverted. Um, but yeah, we're, we want to bring lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff to the experience. When you come to see Swashbuckler, we want you to come to an experience um, so that you may experience new dimensions. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so speaking of like the merch and your album, are, where can people go to get that or is it available yet? Can we will have a website up pretty soon. Um, it'll be www.galacticsyrup.com. Um, <laughs> and so you'll be able to find a whole page dedicated to Swashbuckler with our merch. Um, in the meantime, the best place to get our stuff is Come see us at a show. Um, you can find us on our Instagram. You can find us on our Facebook. And that's the best way to hear from us and see what we're doing. And hopefully you guys can make it out. Hopefully you guys can see some wild stuff you've never seen before. You know, gravy slurping on tables and, and bass guitars, like emitting fire and slugs. <laughs> and Exploding cars, Exactly, maybe? exactly. Uh, well, I think those are all the questions that I have, but thank you guys so much for being here today to talk about your album. Yeah, yeah. thank you very thank much. You for having yeah. Us. yeah, we appreciate it. Awesome. And then we're just going to end the show here with Dark Matter Effect from Swashbuckler's debut album titled Auditory Pleasure Pods to Satisfy Your Lust for Nihilism. <laughs>
Thanks again to Swashbuckler for joining us tonight on The Sound. More of their music can be found on various digital platforms and more information on the band can be found on their Facebook page. For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bradley Harris, and we've just heard from Swashbuckler tonight on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.